Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? Back with another edition of the Canadians Connection Podcast. It's Saturday. March 16th, so that can mean one thing only. It's time for another episode of this lovely Canadians Connection podcast, episode 26. That would be the Josh George's episode of the Canadians Connection podcast, so I'm happy to be joined once again by the Josh George's to my Jeff Petrie, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? Well, that would be a nice pairing, uh, George yeah. and Petrie, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I'd like that. Oh, man. Um, and uh, an early happy St. Patrick's uh, Day to you. Thank you. Thank you. Very uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day, I know, yeah. is is something very <laughs> meaningful in uh, throughout uh, Newfoundland. Um, yes. Yeah. And uh, particularly if if you're in St. John's on a uh, St. Patrick's Day, uh, you're guaranteed a pretty darn good time as far as I've heard. Yes, it's it's a good time depending on the person. Other for other people, not so much. But I mean, regardless, it's it's certainly a time, as Newfoundlanders love to say. So uh, <laughs> I will say it's neither a good time nor a bad time. I'll leave that for the people that uh, who however they interpret it. But uh, yes, the, in Newfoundland, St. Patrick's Day is uh, is one of the most uh, anticipated days of the year. And uh, yes, thank you. And I send that back to you and to all of our listeners. Happy early St. Patrick's Day uh, to everyone listening to this podcast. And uh, around St. Patrick's Day is when we start to see, we start to gear up for the NHL playoffs. Isn't that a great segue? Once we hit around St. Patrick's Day, late March, we start to kind of become a little bit more, have a bit of a better idea of what the playoffs are going to look like. And uh, for the Montreal Canadiens this week, Rick, I mean, it was a good week for Carey Price. Uh, just about everyone else associated with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, they they didn't do so hot. <laughs> um, so would Newfoundlanders say it was a time for the, for the Montreal Canadiens this week? I I think I think they would. I think they would. But I think they might be a little bit uh, a little bit. I'll keep uh, I'll keep Newfoundlanders more out harsh. of it. They might have a, a little bit of a more harsh way of saying that. So we might not want to dive in. It's a family show. Uh, we'll keep that. <laughs> we'll keep it all PG. But uh, it was, you know, it was certainly something this past week the month for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, as we remember last week, the Montreal Canadiens did not play on Saturday, which was is always very strange as we conclude our show and realize that the Montreal Canadiens are not going to be playing later that night. Uh, so we didn't see the Montreal Canadiens after that uh, just very, very uh, poor showing against the Anaheim Ducks. We didn't see them until Tuesday when they uh, hosted the Detroit Red, Red Wings. And uh, Carey Price, as I said, it was a good week for Carey Price, uh, notably because he recorded his 315th career win as a Montreal Canadian. That moves him past Jacques Plante for the uh, all-time wins list. He is now the most winningest goalie in Montreal Canadiens history. And uh, that was a, a historic night, a great night in Montreal for, for Carey Price. And, and it seemed as though the uh, the team really enjoyed getting that win for their goaltender, or as 
you know, you might have you might have seen the game. Carey Price getting that win for himself and then celebrating with his teammates. Uh, and then uh, later on, they uh, you know that that game against the New York Islanders, a two-one loss that uh, certainly uh, had an impact on the playoff situation for the Montreal Canadiens. Carey Price, he was remarkable in that game. Remarkable opening period where he was just bombarded with high-danger scoring opportunities. And he managed to uh, to keep the Montreal Canadiens in it as long as he could. And then Anders Lee with a game-winning goal late in the third period off of a, a two-on-one that it seemed like it took months to develop. But uh, the Montreal Canadiens could not get back in time to break up that two-on-one. And they lost that game two-to-one. So... Yeah, not a great win. And that was uh, that, you wondered you wondered how the Canadians didn't get back for that because as you said it took forever to develop. It started yeah. with a a terrible no look to no one pass by uh, Jonathan Duran. Um, Domi, um, well, uh, Kulak made the pinch and 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 actually yeah. to to his uh, defense somewhat I guess. Um, Domi was, was there in position to back him up, uh, but, but then, uh, fumbled the, uh, the puck and there was a giveaway and, and just, uh, 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 Jeff Petrie was mad at himself that, uh, that he allowed the, the past afterwards. It was just, a um, yeah, a, a combination of errors there and, yeah. uh, and in, in the, but, but that wasn't the only issue that game as, as Claude Julien said, post game that the Canadians were, um, outclassed, they were outmuscled and outraced to the puck. Um, and I think it's fair to say, with um, Barry Trotz at the helm of, of the New York Islanders, that uh, the Canadians were also outcoached. And maybe yeah. we're, we got a preview of the uh, uh, Jack Adams winner, um, and that being uh, Barry Trotz, who's done remarkable things with the Islanders, uh, who looked like they're ready for the playoffs uh, without one um, John Tavares. Yeah, and I mean they've they've been doing that all season. They've been a, a really great team, and you can see why the way that they the way that they play. They are on every loose puck, and the Montreal Canadiens early this season. That's how everyone everyone was looking at that, looking at the speed that they were playing with, and now it just feels like the Montreal Canadiens have have almost nothing uh, left to give. And and then you go into a game like that where you think. That's they're going to come out with a sense of urgency in this game. They are in a in a tight race for that wild card uh, for a wild card spot. And the New York Islanders, I mean, you know, they are also fighting with the uh, the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Metro Division. But they they're pretty safe. They're 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 pretty good. I was expecting the Montreal Canadiens to be the team that would come out and and set a tone early. And, and boy, was I mistaken, because there was really only one guy that came out with a sense of urgency for the Montreal Canadiens, and that was Carey Price. And 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 looking at the way that the, that it's all looking right now for the Montreal Canadiens in the wildcard race, I mean, you've got Carolina Hurricanes and the Columbus Blue Jackets with 83 points, Montreal in third with 81. And, and that game obviously did not do them any favors. So let's look at you've you've kindly uh, for our our listeners updated the the current standings and and as you say yeah. the, the Canadians are right now out of a playoff spot. Um, it's Carolina and Columbus that uh, are two points up. Carolina, in fact, has a game in hand on the yep. Canadians. Canadians with just eleven games left this season. Um, we we talked about we have been talking about for the last several weeks that. 
it was going to come down to four teams, uh, those four teams being Pittsburgh, Carolina, Columbus, and Montreal, and that only three of those teams would get in. Um, and, and which brings us, I guess, to our question of the week. Uh, yes. And our question of the week being, do you think, it's very simple, do you think that the <laughs> Montreal Canadiens will make the playoffs? Do you think, do you believe, do yeah. you still have hope, do you still have confidence that the Canadiens will make the playoffs? Um, tweet us, uh, either at the Habs Connection uh, uh, Twitter account, uh, at, at Joe Whalen 19 at All Habs, uh, or uh, you can reach us. Remember, we're live. You can call in to the show at 213-943-3754, 213-943-3754. If you happen to be listening on demand, all you have to do is text us. 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Send your texts and answer the question. Do you think that the Canadians will make the playoffs? And you know what? The, the other thing we have this week is a bonus question, but we'll, 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 ah. leave, that. we'll leave that for a little later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, last week, um, I said that, that it was basically a coin flip, right? That's, that's the term yeah. I used. Flip a coin. Are the Montreal Canadiens going to uh, make the playoffs or not? The, the probability, the chance was, uh, was about 50% last week. Uh, this week, that's dropped, um, oh, yeah. and it's down to 32%, 32, just 32% that the Canadians make the playoffs. Uh, that's um, eight chances in 25. If you ran this thing 25 times, eight times you'd, be, you'd hit a winner, right? So 32%. Yeah. How does that compare? Remember our fabulous four? Um, how does that compare to the, the other teams uh, we mentioned? Well, Pittsburgh have a 99% chance of making the playoffs. <laughs> that number's bigger than 32. Yeah. Uh, Carolina, Carolina, who I spoke glowingly about, I've been doing that since Christmas, and and um, yeah, and, and unfortunately <laughs> they listened to me. Um, yeah. uh, they're at 89%. They have an 89% chance of making the playoffs. And Columbus made all those um, moves at the deadline. Are at 78% uh, chance ah. of making the playoffs. So uh, all of those numbers quite better than the 32% chance the Canadians have, but uh, as they say, there's still a chance. Um, 11 games left, as I said. Five of those um, those last 11 will be on the road. Canadians haven't been very good as of late on the road. They're um, in their last 11. They're 3-8. and eight. Um, Yeah. And what what um, what bothers me a little is when you look at the schedule, um, you see we'll see the Islanders again this coming week. Um, Carolina shows up, uh, but it's those last those last uh, four teams: Winnipeg, Tampa Bay, Washington, Toronto. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is not going to be easy. The Canadians have carved nope. out. Uh, a tough path for themselves. Please, uh, we want to hear from you and please answer our yeah. question of the week. Do you think that the Montreal Canadiens will make the playoffs? Yeah. And I mean, it's sometimes, as we say, the, the obvious answers are the, are the best ones. And in this case, the simple questions also the best ones, because, you know, that's how we get the, uh, you know, for this week, we are going to keep it simple for you guys. And, and that's usually the best thing to do because the Montreal Canadiens, as you say, 
they've got a, a difficult road, a difficult path to make the playoffs. And um, it, it certainly seems, at least for a couple of, of, of guys, and, and certainly one Andrew Shaw, that he is, uh, he is tired of the way the Montreal Canadiens have been playing lately. And he's made some comments regarding that. And I mentioned that I thought that Carey Price might have been the only guy to come out against the Islanders with a sense of urgency. And boy, did Andrew Shaw also think that not many guys came out with a sense of urgency for the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> exactly. And, um, uh, you know, uh, Andrew Shaw, there's there's two players on the Montreal Canadiens who have uh, won a Stanley Cup, um, yeah. one being Antony Amy, the other being Andrew Shaw. Um, so I guess that gives him, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, status to say what, what he thinks. And, and, um, he was, he was quite blunt in his assessment after Thursday night. Um, he talked about, he said, um, every night, every night lines are taking nights off. Players are taking nights off. Uh, it's that we just don't have that bite. Uh, the other team, the Islanders, uh, wanted to win more than we did. But I think, I think it was the and and the fans are are coming down on this um, on both sides, um, more or less evenly. I think that yeah. uh, wow was was Andrew Shaw tossing his teammates under the bus, or um, do you feel that that uh, because of him? Um, being a leader on the team, he was right to call out his teammates. He was right to say that that the effort isn't there um, and that the urgency wasn't there. And and you know, some wondered if if maybe he it was just the emotion of the of the night. Um, yeah. So he was asked um, after practice on Friday, Broussard, um, do you stand by your comments? <laughs> and I think uh, if anything. Um, he was, he was as clear uh, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not calling out guys. I'm, um, it's, it's, it's just that, that we haven't showed a a sense of urgency, uh, and that he wants, um, what's best for the team. And he said that, that if he isn't pulling his weight, he wants the guy next to him to call him out and that he will do the same for the guy um, you know, beside him, and and you know, we know earlier in the season uh, that guy was with Jonathan Duran, uh, who wasn't um, the effort level wasn't there, and that has kind of creeped back into Jonathan Duran's game. Um, not that not that Shaw was singling out anything anyone in particular, uh, but he was, you know, the 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 loss in in Uniondale was was a real stab in the heart to the Canadians' playoff chances, and. Yeah. And I think that, that Andrew Shaw felt that particularly, and he, he said it publicly. Yeah. And I mean, this isn't the first time Andrew Shaw has said something uh, to this effect, not necessarily about effort level, but with uh, early this season, remember after that game against the, uh, the uh, Los Angeles Kings where the Montreal Canadiens honored the 93 cup team. Uh, he said, well, you know, it would be nice if we had another one. You know, it's been 25 years. We'd like to bring another one here. And, and he's kind of made some somewhat similar, at least, to, to the ones that he made after that game. So he's been a guy that has said stuff in the past to try and motivate the team around him. And 
you know, maybe his words carry weight because, as you mentioned, he's only one of two Stanley Cup winners on this team, and the other one is the backup goalie who has only got four quality starts this season in about, what, 17 games played. So maybe he doesn't exactly have that kind of, a, of uh, you know, uh, res- not respect in the room, obviously, but he doesn't have the same kind of, uh, you know, bill that, that Andrew Shaw carries in that room. So, you know, that it, it's not just, this isn't the first time that we've seen that from Shaw this season. So I thought that was just a little bit interesting uh, when we saw him step back up this week and say something uh, about the Montreal Canadiens' playoff chances. And, and Shaw included himself. He said, you know, he's not yes, mad at yeah. the team. He's, he's very disappointed with the team's, uh, with players' performance, and that includes himself. Uh, so he, he did include himself in that as well. Yes, yeah. And, I mean, this week, this week it seemed as though that there were a lot of uh, a lot of candidates for uh, the winners and losers of the week, specifically the losers more than the winners. So shall we dive in with uh, winners and losers? Let's do that. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. A lot of candidates on the uh, the L column for this week uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. So, uh, will you, would you like to get us started, Rick? Sure. Um, and you know that, that um, as, as we do, we talk during the week and, and see where we're leaning yeah. and, and uh, that um, I was, I was going to go with someone else. Um, uh, I won't say who Mark Bergman, but um, <laughs> this, this candidate uh, was, I, I, I just didn't have a choice. This, this candidate uh, called my name and, and said, listen, I am, I am the loser of the week. There's no question <laughs> about it. Um, and that's Jonathan Duran. Um, and uh, you know, Jonathan Duran um, we've, we've talked about before, uh, particularly, um, you know, his, his, his effort level, um, and it's been certainly lacking. And I think that, that, um, we've also talked about his lack of self-awareness or, or his inability to, um, evaluate himself. And, and this week, uh, Jonathan Duran was quoted as saying, you know what, I, I, I liked, um, the the way I played on the last trip, I like I liked my effort level. Um, and, um, Jonathan Duran is now pointless in 14 of his last 15 games, uh, yeah. and that 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 stretches all the way back to February 9th. Um, just four points in in that in those 15 games, and and all those four points came in one game, and that was the, f- the 6th of February against Detroit, the the eight one yeah. blowout. Um, where, and during that time, during those 15 games, um, the Canadians have a record of six and nine. Um, so it, it's clear that uh, Jonathan Duran isn't, isn't the only one, but, but Jonathan Duran is a player that, uh, is counted on for his offense and, um, um, you know, and when you look allotted to forwards, uh, Jonathan Duran is 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 up there in the top three as far as uh, most ice time given by Claude Julien. Now that was um, that was adjusted this week uh, as yeah. Duran was dropped to the third line, and and rather than the seventeen and a half minutes or so that he's been averaging this season, 
Uh, he was down around 13 minutes. Um, but, um, you know, still, uh, you know, it, the, there doesn't seem to be a lot of effort. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of accountability. Um, you might wonder if, as um, it was our, our colleagues at Habilisson, um throughout the question, is Jonathan Duran tired? Maybe he needs to sit a couple of games. Of course, referencing uh, the uh, reason for Jesperi Kotkaniemi sitting yeah. for two games in the press box. Um, you know, the defenders will say that uh, he's just 23. Uh, he's just in his second season. Um, and, and I guess I could be um, if I if I saw a consistent um, effort every night. But it's it's actually rare that you see uh, Jonathan Duran deliver a, a full 60 minute uh, effort. Um, and and yes, he's 23. But, but let's also remember his first full season in the NHL was in 2014, 2014, 15 season where he played. Uh, 70 games. So this is his fifth year in, in the NHL. I would say that, that he should be getting things figured out by now. Um, His, his numbers this season, um, 70 games, 17 goals, 33 assists, 50 points. Now he's just three points off his career high. uh, But that was set 53 points back in 2016, 17. His, his numbers aren't all that different from last season. Um, and what bothers a lot of people is that in 2019, he's on, he's stuck on five goals, just five goals in the calendar year, 2019. Um, and for a a player who gets, you know, a lot of offensive time, offensive zone starts, uh, as I said, time on ice, uh, of, of almost 17 and a half minutes a game. Um, he has, he, a plus minus of minus three, um, now compare that to Domi at plus 13, compare that to Tatar at plus 17, compare that to Gallagher at plus 10. Um, and one of the things that, 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 uh, Duran is supposed to, um, help out with is the power play, uh, just yeah. three goals on the power play. Um, his defensive game, which is one of the, the, one things that Claude Julien has has uh, uh, mildly criticized him for this year, um, he, he's at 3.3 goals against per 60, and that's the worst among the regular Canadians forwards, absolute worst. Uh, but here's some, and, and I may have mentioned that statistic before that, that bothers me, but here's something new we haven't talked about. Uh, Jonathan Drouin is known as um, uh, supposedly... Um, an elite offensive player or has the potential to do so. So this week I I thought, okay, let's look at the percentage of the team's high danger scoring chances. One would expect uh, a purely offensive player to have a high percentage of the team's high danger scoring chances. So what did we find? (laughs) Thomas Tatar leads that category for the, the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Uh, you know who's in second? Yes, Barry Kotkaniemi. Take... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, Barry Kotkaniemi um, is, is second on the team in the percentage of the team's high-danger scoring chances. Number three, uh, no surprise, Brendan Gallagher. Number four, yeah. Phil Deneau. 
Number five, how about this for a surprise? Arturi Lekanen. Wow. The top five, Tatar, Kokanyemi, Gallagher, Deneau, Lekanen. Um, first wave power play. How many of those guys play first wave power play? I, I know that Domi and, and Joanne play first wave power play, and they're yeah. not on that list. <laughs> so who's at the bottom of the list? The percentage of teams' high-danger scoring chances. Who's at the bottom of the list? Matthew Pekka. Mm. Who's, second, who's second worst? On the Canadians. Jonathan Drouin. Jonathan Drouin is second to the bottom in, in being involved in the, the, the team's high-danger scoring chances. Duran is lower than Michael Chaput. Wow. Duran is lower than Agostino. Duran <laughs> is lower than Houdon. Duran is, is lower than Andrew Shaw. So the, the very thing that he's supposed to be good at, you know, but people will, com- will, will complain, well, don't, com- don't expect him to be a, a, a defensive player because it's just not his game. Um, but we expect him to be an offensive player. Um, that's what he's billed at. Um, but he's not delivering there either. And so I, I think um, for that reason, um, I, 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 I was forced, I was dragged <laughs> kicking and screaming. Well, maybe not. Uh, but I was forced to name Jonathan Duran, my loser of the week. And with, with that new, I mean, we've, we've talked about Jonathan Duran at length and we've mentioned the fact that he's not good in his own zone. And the fact that, you know, there's certainly some things that we would like to see improved uh, effort wise, one of them. But the fact that he, yes, as you mentioned, this new this new information that you looked up that he is, you know, bottom with the, in terms of percentage of the uh, the high danger scoring opportunities that, that the Montreal Canadiens have created that is mind boggling, especially given what you will hear or see on Twitter about the way that Jonathan Drouin plays allegedly, you know, that he is this elite offensive guy, but. You know, it's, you know, and, and this kind of ties into my loser of the week because you've, you've covered all of, of Drew I don't think there's much that I can add to that. But my loser of the week is Claude Julian, and it has something to do with Jonathan Drew And for me, Claude Julian, it seems at this point that he's just going out of his way not to play Kotkaniemi with Arturi Lekkinen and Yol Armia. And we've seen now that he's been playing with Jonathan Drew in the past two games it looks like he might play again with him tonight and this to me it and it kind of this is the best way I've kind of had a theory about the Montreal Canadiens and Jonathan Drouin since last season it kind of became this thing that I just monitored a little bit and you know it, it kind of it's got some legs to it and I think that this for this week in particular we saw the Montreal Canadiens and their treatment of Jonathan Drouin it's probably the best example to date. And it is that the Montreal Canadiens, I believe, value Jonathan Drouin's success over most things, just about everything, it looks like, to me. And this week, we saw him play with Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Jesperi Kotkaniemi is in his first season. So I think there's an aspect of familiarity when developing a player that, you cannot overlook. And for Jesperi Kotkaniemi, playing with Arturi Lekkinen, 
and Yoel Armia has been familiar and it's been successful for him. So removing him from that environment, I think that does a little bit of damage to him at this stage in his career. He's not, you know, like you don't want to change a whole lot with respect to his environment at this stage in his career. I think that's something that you need to look out for. And playing him with Jonathan Juwen right now, it just feels like they're only playing him with, with uh, Cut Kanyemi because, well, you're not going to play him with Nate Thompson because that would be playing him on the fourth line. And you don't want to do that because we just not so long ago traded away our best prospect for this guy. So we'll just put him with Cut Kanyemi because we don't want to put him with Domi anymore. We don't want to put him with Deneau. So you know what? We're going to put him with Cut Kanyemi, and then we're going to shift down Arturi Lekkinen to the fourth line, and we're going to shift down Yol Armia to the fourth line and put Jordan Wheel on the right side. It just feels to me that they are going out of their way to make sure that Jonathan Drouin is successful. And anything else, the development of Gisperi Kutkiniemi, which should be at the forefront of the Montreal Canadiens' mind right now, it's, second, it's, it's a second thought. It's just, it's just, you know what? We'll get Drouin going, and Kutkiniemi's going to look good because he's going to be the center there. So you know what? It'll all work out, except it hasn't. Jonathan Drouin, as you mentioned, has got four points in his last 15 games. He's a minus six in those 15 games. There's nothing to gain from doing this. I I almost would rather see him go back with Max Domi, and that's saying something, because you're taking apart a successful line for for a a line that generated a lot of, as you say, Arturi Lekkinen and Jesperi Kotkaniemi, both in the top five for the percentage of high-scoring opportunities that the Montreal Canadiens get. So they were generating chances, and I know that Arturi Lekkinen's offensive woes or perceived offensive woes have been well documented, but they were going to the goals were going to come eventually because they were working hard. And just to see that all torn apart by Claude Julian in an effort to get Jonathan Joanne going because that seems to be something that that really really matters to this to this organization. I, it just really boggles my mind that we're at this point in the season and, you know, the, the playoff race, I mean, you could basically, I mean, if you put that line together, if you put together lines that have had success, maybe you'd be putting the bet, your best foot forward on this march towards hopefully a playoff appearance. And it doesn't seem like the Montreal Canadiens are doing that. Well, it was interesting that uh, Claude Julien was asked specifically this week about Jonathan Duran. And um, it was one of those uh, uh, memorable uh, Julian quotes um, where he said, listen, I, I'm, I'm not going to stand here and explain everything about every little, uh, about uh, every player. Um, you guys see the games, you guys see the results, you figure it out. <laughs> Um, so he got actually quite defensive and, and you know what, um, there's a part of me, uh, his, uh, Claude Julian's refusal, um, to, uh, call out Drouin publicly. Uh, there's a part of me that says, okay, um, you know, I, I've, I've criticized Julian for throwing players under the bus, particularly last season. And, and so there's a part of me that says, um, well, if, if he's learned that he shouldn't be doing that uh, and is turning over a, a, a new leaf, maybe I should be applauding him. Uh, but then I come back to my senses and say, you know, <laughs> do you think if, if, if Galchenyuk was, was the person on the roster 
um, who had this this scoreless streak, who whose effort level was uh, you know obviously lacking. Um, that that Julianne would be silent about Galchenyuk? Well, no, of course not. It it is as you as you carefully said, the organization uh, protecting um, uh, uh, Duran and 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 Gal- and Julianne does that uh, has been doing that regularly. Yeah, and 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 this season I've been complimentary of, of Claude Julian. I mean, you know, it's it's the classic thing where, you know, you people say you can't teach an old dog new tricks this season, Claude Julian, and whether or not you want to credit him with that, maybe it was Dominic Duchar, maybe it's been Luke Richardson. The Montreal Canadians earlier this season looked better. And I thought that me, Claude Julian was a part of that, but the decision-making as of late, we talked about it last week. It's just lately, there've been some suspect choices that have been made. I haven't necessarily agreed with you haven't necessarily agreed with, and it, it's just an untimely uh, this time of the year to have these things happening. Not ideal for the Montreal Canadiens. So um, we'll have to see if if things change. I mean, you know, there's still 11 games left to go. Maybe they go back to the the line that worked so well with with Kotkaniemi and and bring back some familiarity to his game. So we'll see how that goes. Anyways, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, you might have noticed that we haven't gotten to our winner yet. And you might know, you might be able to guess who our winner is. So after a quick break, we're going to dive in to our winner of the week, who is Carey Price, obviously, because who else is it going to be? Come on. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to dive in with some of our Carey Price stories, some of our favorite moments as a Montreal Canadian. And we're going to just talk about Carey Price because he deserves it. And uh, that'll be coming up right after this. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net.
And we're back here on the Canadian Connection podcast. We're going to dive in with, with our winner of the week, our joint winner of the week, because let's be honest, there wasn't really another option. Um, <laughs> so uh, before we get into that, though, uh, Rick, do you want to remind them where we can, where we can be reached? Absolutely. Um, and, and our question is, do you think that the Canadians will make the playoffs? Um, question of the week. We also have a bonus question. Uh, we have a bonus question, and that is, uh, we talked about Jonathan Duran in the last segment. The bonus question is, what would you do with Jonathan Duran? Um, and, and your answer can be either short-term or long-term, uh, whatever you choose, however you choose to take it. What would you do with Jonathan Duran? Um, you can reach us on, on uh, Twitter. We've, we've mentioned our, our handles there. Uh, there's lots of action on the um, All Habs uh, fan page on Facebook. You can join us there. Just look for All Habs. Or you can call into the show, 213-943-3754. Listening on demand, text us anytime, 585-3ROCKET, 585-3ROCKET. All right. So, yeah, as you mentioned, there's the uh, the bonus question this week about Jonathan Drouin, who is your loser of the week and tied in to my loser of the week. So with all that said, I think it's about time that we get to the winner of the week, who is uh, not who is uh, Carey Price. Uh, I believe that's probably not a surprise to many people listening, given the uh, the Carey Price's move past Jacques Plan as the most winningest goalie in Montreal Canadiens history with 315 wins. And as someone pointed out on Twitter, Tonight, with uh, with a win tonight, he'd move to 316 wins on a 316 day. So that would be fitting if the Montreal Canadiens come out with a sense of urgency. Going back to what Andrew Shaw said, maybe, just maybe, that'll happen. Um, so with all that said, with, with talking about Carey Price becoming the winningest goalie in Montreal Canadiens history, we thought it appropriate that this week, you know, we've talked at length about Carey Price this season. He's come up in the winner of the week so many times that, you know, this time we thought it'd be uh, just a bit more special if we devote a segment talking about our favorite Carey Price moments. And and I'll, I'll get us started briefly with uh, just my favorite moments of Carey Price's career. And, and it'll start back in 2014 in a game against the Ottawa Senators where if you remember in 2013, the Montreal Canadiens got bounced from the playoffs by the Ottawa Senators. And there were some fans of the Ottawa Senators at the time that were saying, Oh, Carey Price, not a clutch goalie. Look at the goal that we scored on him in the, in the, in the playoffs. And, you know, around this time, it was becoming a little bit more clear about who was going to be representing Canada at the Olympics, who was going to be the goaltenders, who were going to, who were going to battle it out for that number one spot. And Carey Price on that night in Ottawa, made 40 saves, and he made 10-bell save after 10-bell save, robbing Mark Stone and Colin Greening and Bobby Ryan, and it was just a, it was a show. Carey Price put on a show in Ottawa, and it was at that moment where I think everyone started to turn their heads a little bit and say, I think this is the guy. I think this is the guy for, for Sochi. I think that he will go – and and represent Team Canada and be the number one goaltender. And then we go into the Olympic Games, and Terry Price plays five games, puts up a record of 5-0 and with two shutouts in the semifinal and the gold medal game, the semi against uh, the uh, United States, where he made 31 saves, and then the gold medal game against Sweden. And he had a 9-7-2 save percentage. 
And a lot of people were saying, you know, oh, well, you know what? You put any goalie in that for that team, then they're going to win it. It's, it's Team Canada. You got Crosby out there. You have Taves out there. You have Shea Weber and P.K. Well, P.K. Subban wasn't out there, but P.K. Subban was on the team. <laughs> and, you know, like everyone was running down how many great players there were on that team. But I was like, yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of great goaltenders from this country, but there aren't a whole lot that would have a 9.72 save percentage, and Carey Price did that. And in that game against the United States, if you remember, it took until about the second period where uh, Jay Bomeister floated a shot towards the net that Jamie Benn tipped in. And Carey Price, until that point, had to, you know, he had to go save for save with Jonathan Quick, and he did just that. And he was, and obviously didn't allow a goal the rest of the game either. So for Carey Price, that was a, a huge uh, performance at the Winter Olympic Games in 2014. And that's when it seemed that everyone had taken notice that Carey Price, best goalie on planet Earth. And if that wasn't enough, when he came back from the Olympics, it seemed as though he was brimming with confidence even more than he, he was before he left. Because when he came back, the Montreal Canadiens went on a run to end the season. They went to the playoffs. They got two rounds deep, got to the third. Unfortunately, we all know how that finished for Carey Price and the Montreal Canadiens. However, the next season, it carried straight through. And he looked like a man on a mission going back to that, that, that tournament in Sochi. And, you know, it, people were tracking how many games in the playoffs that he had won, how many elimination games consecutively he had won. And then the next season, he has that remarkable, one of the best individual seasons uh, by, by a player in NHL history. And then not to mind, never mind. I mean, he's the, the best statistical season for a goaltender the past, what, 10, 20 years? You know, Carey Price just, uh, you know, we saw basically from that point on, from that 2014 until right now, where we're living with, with, with as Carey Price with the most uh, wins in Montreal Canadiens history, you know, this has been uh, five years of excellence for Carey Price. And though there have been dips, they've never been his fault. And, you know, anyone that watched that game against the New York Islanders, that reminded me a lot of that Senators game where Carey Price was the only guy on the ice, uh, essentially, and, you know, people would still argue that, you know, he doesn't have a cup ring on his finger, but it's not without doing his part. He's done his part. And unfortunately, circumstances, I mean, like the injury in 2014 and other things have impacted him not being able to win. And uh, but for Carey Price, you can't argue with 315 wins. It's just unfortunate they haven't come at the uh, at the times when, when Montreal, I mean, you could bring in a, a sporting cat that would uh, make it uh, make it so that he could do that in the playoffs. Um, the, uh, the Sochi Olympic Games and then on to 2015, that to me, that entire sequence of, of moments over that year, that to me is, is just my favorite uh, moment for Carey Price. And at the Sochi uh, Olympics, he was uh, obviously named top goaltender. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you said, the, the next season he went on. Um, uh, the 315 is not the only uh, uh, Canadians franchise record that he holds. That that following season, he had 43 wins, uh, which was uh, which is a, a, a new Canadians was at that time a new Canadians record, and it's it's yeah. uh, unbeaten. So. Um, he's rewriting the, the, the record book of an organization uh, that has had phenomenal goaltenders uh, over, yeah. the, over the course of its history. And that says, that says a lot. Um, uh, 
when I was thinking about this, it's, um, you know, he's, he's not only been a great goaltender uh, for the Canadians, but a, 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 a heck of a person as well. And there's both been yeah. off, off ice moments and, and, and on ice moments. But um, it was interesting this week uh, in Detroit when he set the mark um, and uh, uh, you know, that the, the broadcasters were talking about him, the Detroit broadcasters were talking about him and, and his still being one of the, uh, still being in, in many, many people's minds, the, the best goaltender in, in the, uh, in, in the world. And, um, you know, you look at that, you look, you look back to Sochi and say, well, anybody could have been in there. And, and uh, that, precise question was asked to to mike babcock and and he said no no the, the guy we wanted in there was in there Sidney crosby yeah. was asked no he wanted carrie price in there uh even up until uh, a few weeks back that that uh, athletic poll when uh 200 players current players were asked who do you want in net in a seventh game and overwhelming the the answer was carrie price um but after that that three fifteen win um, uh, against Detroit, and, and obviously Carey Price was uh, named the game's first star, uh, there was a little there was a little uh, pause. Uh, there was a few minutes wait waiting for Carey Price to come out and do his his lap around uh, for the, being named first star. And we learned later that that it was because Carey wanted a team photo. Um, yeah. he wanted, uh, it was his idea. Uh, and, and if you've been on Instagram or, or social media, you've seen the photo. Um, it includes every team member, including those, uh, team members, not in the lineup. Um, and yeah. Kerry just wanted to share his special, his, his achievement. He wanted to share that special moment, uh, with the rest of his teammates. And I, I, I thought how, um, you know, his first thought was, was, was that, um, yeah. and, and what an amazing moment for everyone in that room. And in particular, um, as I mentioned, everyone who is not in the lineup was in that photo, Houdon, um, uh, Dale Weiss, Pekka, Delorier, uh, uh, Mike Riley and, and Charlie Lindgren. Yeah. Um, and how important is that? How important was that for Charlie Lindgren to be in the arena watching that, watching here's, here's a role model for me um, and, and what he's done, and then to be invited by um, Carey Price to be part of that uh, photo and, and, and to share that experience. That, was, that was, it must, must have been amazing for, uh, for Charlie Lindgren to be there. Um, yeah. And then we went on to um, uh, to the game that we've talked about uh, in Uniondale, and you know, again, it was the it was the New York Islanders broadcasters, just uh, one superlative after another. What a phenomenal yeah. game it was for Carey Price, and amongst his 315 wins, there's also losses, and and when when when. Um, you look back, you look back at the statistics or you just look at, you know, at the, the wins and losses, that game's not going to mean anything. That game, that game is included, that loss against the Islanders is included in Carey Price's loss column. 
And it's yeah. almost lost. It is lost that he has played phenomenally, uh, not only in those 315 wins, but in, in the games um, uh, where they have lost. And it took me back to a game. Um, it was back in 2009, uh, a game in November. And it was a two nothing loss. The Montreal Canadiens uh, lost two to nothing to the Nashville Predators. Okay, so why is that so memorable? Uh, it's just another loss for the Canadians. It's just another loss in Carey Price's loss column, like the Islanders one. Except yeah. in that game, Carey Price made fifty three saves. He mm-hmm. lost, but he made fifty three saves. He was phenomenal in that game. But again. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's these efforts that, uh, kind of go unnoticed and, um, and kind of, uh, bring home the point that Carey Price has, has not been blessed as the other team, uh, as the other, uh, goaltenders that are in the rafters of the Bell Center. Uh, they were blessed with, uh, far more talented teams. Carey Price has not had that, uh, no going for him. Um, he's, he's for the most part taken his team on his back and, um, and been responsible for any success that they've had. Um, and that I think is, is going to be part of, of his legacy. Um, yeah, for me, I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet, uh, you know, a lot of players and, and, um, uh, I, I think back to, uh, a training camp and, and um, training camp. And it was at Broussard and, and uh, the, the skating coach for the, for the Canadians had invited me rinkside to uh, take some photos for, uh, for one of the sessions and the players were, were out there and, and I was in place and <laughs> I got bumped into the, the glass unceremoniously. And I look up and um, all I see is the back of the number 31 Jersey uh, <laughs> going past me. And uh, if I thought it was, you know, uh, an accident, um, he paused as he opened the, the gate to go on. He looked back at me with that, that big smile and the dimples um, <laughs> and, and big smile. And he says, Oh, you're back again today. Eh? And uh, smiled and then stepped on the ice and closed the door. And, and that, we, we've heard it time and time again. Uh, there, there's no one uh, who he he doesn't uh, pause and take a moment for, and uh, it was it was just it was just my my particular moment and and something uh, that I'll never forget. Yeah, and uh, he's he's got that kind of a dry sense of humor about him a little bit as well, where it's you know uh, it, it's just it's funny to see him. Uh, laughing, whether it be with the media or, or otherwise, because it's just it, it's just fun. Because it seems like you know he's a guy that we always see as a very calm guy on the ice, but he's just he's got he's got a great sense of humor as well. So, and as you say, a, a guy that as we saw just a number of weeks ago, he takes moments uh, from his from his day from whatever he's doing, and he he includes other people. He takes time to to talk to other people to to share a moment with them. And that's also a part that that should be attached to his legacy. And uh, you know, it, it's it's great to see that uh, that Carey Price, for as you say, he's not been blessed with with great teams the way that 
some of the other guys, some of the other names that hang in the rafters have been blessed. But, you know, he has done everything in his power. He has been the uh, a consummate professional. He has been one of, uh, I mean, he's one of the most respected individuals in this game. And it is for good reason because he is, uh, he's just, you know, he's uh, well as being a great goaltender. He is a great man. And, and, the Montreal Canadiens are uh, more than lucky. I think I can't even really come up with the word, uh, but they they should count their lucky stars that they have Carey Price every night going out there, and especially with 11 games remaining in a season. If you want your goaltender to get hot, if you have, you know, uh, you know, if you're a coach, you know that Carey Price is just about one of the only goaltenders that can single-handedly carry a team, kicking and screaming into a playoff spot and Carey Price just might be able to pull that off. So uh, it'll be interesting uh, to see how Carey Price, I mean, his 315th win just a couple of nights ago, I'm sure he'd be, he'd, he'd love to add to that, uh, to that category uh, this season and, and get into the playoffs once again. Um, so I guess we'll take uh, just a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we have two questions. We, we, as, as Rick mentioned, we have the bonus question of the week regarding Jonathan Drouin and what to do with him, either short-term or long-term. We also have this dandy question, as, as we mentioned off the top of the show. Do you think the Montreal Canadiens will make the playoffs this season? Nice and simple. We'll be reading your replies to that on Twitter and Facebook after a quick break. The Canadian's Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We were talking last segment about Carey Price. And, I mean, Carey Price could figure into a, uh, you know, a drive to the playoffs. You know, Carey, as I mentioned, heading into the break, if there's any goaltender that can get hot and, uh, and carry his team into the playoffs, it just might be Carey Price. But uh, regardless, we threw the question out earlier today. And, and we also, as I mentioned, we have the bonus question that we will get to. Um, but I believe we'll, we'll probably just start with the main question. Do you think that the Montreal Canadiens will make the playoffs this season? And on Twitter, it seems that people have kind of, uh, you know, I guess they, they, that they looked at this and are being a little bit of, uh, you know, looking at this objectively. And, and we have our own Samuel Gerber saying the Habs will have to make up ground after going four and six in the last 10 last year, it took 97 points to make it to the wild card in the East. If that stays the same for them this year, the Habs have to win eight out of 11, which I don't think they can do. Winning both games against Carolina and Columbus is key. And as you mentioned as well, the last four games, those aren't pleasant either. So Sam's looking at this, you know, uh, looking at, looking at this through rose colored glasses, this is not going to be an easy task, especially when you've got Carolina Columbus, and then you close the season with the four games that the Montreal Canadiens close. You know, it's it's not going to be uh, very easy. And then you have Matt Smith, our own, with the Habs Unfiltered podcast. To make the playoffs, players will not be able to take nights off anymore. Four forward lines and three defense pairings will have to come to play. Also, if Price requires a night off, the coaching staff will have to determine if Antti Niemi is the best option. So it seems... It's kind of with the uh, in the same line of thinking of uh, of Andrew Shaw, <laughs> and then we have uh, Greg Michaels at Greg Michaels who says it will be hard, but if they can gather themselves up, push themselves harder, and focus well on their tactics and making sure to not go to the penalty box, they can make the playoffs. And then we have Ray Ayat who says simply no. <laughs> so there've uh, there seems to be I mean there's a little bit of positivity in there sprinkled in there, but it seems that people are starting to become a little bit, uh, you know, skeptical about this team's playoff opportunities, at least on Twitter. What's Facebook saying? Facebook is on fire. Uh, at least uh, <laughs> the All Habs fan page on Facebook. And uh, as I mentioned before, if you want to add your comments, we'd love to have them. Uh, just look for All Habs, all one word, All Habs, uh, on Facebook. And uh, our, our two questions uh, are there. The, the question of the week about the playoffs and the bonus question about Jonathan Duran are both there. And both are, are uh, uh, really heating up. Um, we have uh, thousands of interactions. Uh, we have hundreds of comments. Um, uh, so there's, there's, there's dozens actually that are simply, will the, the Canadians make the, Mon- uh, will the Montreal Canadians make the playoffs? There's, there's plenty that simply say no. Um, so we'll just bypass those and, and go on to Pat Sado, uh, who said, well, the odds are 50, 50 can go either way. Who really knows? Well, um, that was last week, Pat, uh, <laughs> but the odds have fallen since then. And as we talked about, uh, earlier in the show, the odds of Canadians uh, making the playoffs as determined by sports club stats. Uh, the odds are 32% at this point. Um, Andre Gagnon says, uh, why not? Uh, the Canadians have the best goalie bar none. We're not even supposed to be here. So a good last, last push and we're in. I'm just saying. Um, Gordon Slon White says, Hi. 
have faith in your team like I have for so many years now and before late, go Habs, go. Um, Stacy Adams says, if they make the playoffs, uh, they'll do it by the skin of their teeth. Price deserves a truly dedicated team in front of him. And right now, minus a few guys, that's not the case. Build the right team and the mm-hmm. cup will just happen magically. Yeah. Um, Gary Niddle, uh, sorry, Gary Little says they need to pick up their socks. Uh, Patricia Butterworth says, uh, nope, not making the playoffs. And neither do I think they deserve to make the playoffs. Fans deserve the playoffs, yes. Players deserve the playoffs, no. Until they figure out how to score goals, we're done like dinner. Thanks for that, Patricia. Koa says, uh, nope. Losing to Anaheim, Florida, New Jersey tells me they're lacking the willingness, the hunger, and the mental toughness under pressure. Um... And Robert Catling is the last one. This is a long one. Uh, Robert Catling <laughs> says that losing that 3 nothing lead against Toronto was the day that the Habs lost their chance. It's been all downhill since. A few suspect coaching decisions, but more so the addition of more fourth-line plug-ins, uh, plugs, sorry, courtesy of Mr. Bergevin. He loves plugs. Facts are facts. <laughs> Druin is not a top-line guy. Shaw is a fourth-line plug playing top-line minutes. The team needs real top six offensive-minded talent. We use what we have and try to expect them to blossom into Kucher, into a Kucherov. Paling, Evans, Romanov, McShane, Suzuki, Brook, and a few others are on their way. Our future is bright, but the bottom line is Mark Bergevin needs to go. Uh, thanks for Robert. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah, you know, it, it, was, it was funny when we looked around. Uh, uh, we talked about some some – Additions that Mark Bergevin could make could have made, and uh, Alex, De, uh, well, uh, and and ones he gave away, Alex DeBrincat, uh, his 38th goal this week, and we'll be seeing Alex tonight in uh, playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Mike Hoffman set a Florida Panthers record. Remember, Mike Hoffman was on my list. He scored his yeah. uh, 32nd goal um, of the year for the Panthers, uh, and. His 15th power play goal. Boy, 32 power play oh. points. That would certainly help, wouldn't it? Uh, oh, man. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk more about Mark Bergevin uh, next week. But certainly uh, Robert Catling, uh, he's not looking forward to a, uh, a Canadian's uh, team guided by uh, Mark Bergevin in the future. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of what he says here, I think, is is valid. I think that he's right in saying that that three nothing lead lost against the Toronto Maple Leafs that I think might play a, a mental toll to the Montreal Canadiens. And with him mentioning that he does not believe Joanne is a top line guy, that has got me a little bit curious as to what people are <laughs> responding with to the, our bonus question of the week what to do with Jonathan Drouin. So how are the responses? How have they been looking? I'm uh, I'm a little bit curious now. <laughs> uh, Vince Savoya says, uh, should not have traded for uh, Duran in the first place. Here's my take. Sure, he's a fancy skater, but I want a goal scorer, as I think most Habs want to see desperately. If I want to watch a fancy skater, I'd watch the Ice Capades. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and I mean, there's some, there's some truth to that. Uh, um, uh, if he were, uh, 
all three on three. If hockey were uh, the, limited to the shootouts, I think John, Jonathan Duran would be one of the best players in the league. But yeah. hockey's a little bit different. Uh, you have to play um, on in three zones. Um, uh, you have to uh, kind of get your your nose dirty a bit. And we've seen Jonathan Duran isn't uh, isn't willing to do that. Um, yeah. Sean Carter says uh, Drewan Sergachev trade was the worst trade in recent history for this franchise. I hated it when it happened, and even more so now. Um, we have uh, Tyson Ryan saying, "You know what? It would be really nice to have a defenseman like Sergachev." Oh, wait. Um, we got lots of people uh, wanting Duran to, uh, as you mentioned earlier, he should, um, he should put in some time on the fourth line, given his recent performances. Uh, Mike Leochi says trade Duran. Duran's a floater, has no heart, too damn lazy. He worries more about being fancy with the puck and he, it always leads to turnovers and costing Habs games. Um, it goes on and on and on. There are, uh, a few people who uh, support Joanne and say, you know, leave him alone. Um, mention <laughs> that he's only 23. Uh, he's only been in the league. Uh, well, they're incorrectly saying he's only been around two years. He's, as we said, he's been in the league a lot more than that. Um, Chase Hume says, leave the poor guy alone. He'll come around on his own. Forcing the issue never works. Let the young guys mature naturally. Um, so just, just to add some balance there, uh, and, and if you want to add your, uh, voice, uh, we're always happy to hear from you, uh, particularly on Facebook, as you see, the, the conversation is quite, uh, uh, (laughs) bold there. Um, look for all Habs, uh, all one word, all Habs on Facebook or text us at five, eight, five, three rocket. And you can also find us on Twitter, right, Joe? Absolutely. We got our own, uh, well, I mean, we've got our own Twitter account for this podcast at Habs Connection. You can follow me at Joela19 and Rick Manning, the at all Habs account. Uh, so, I mean, with, with the, uh, the microscope, Jonathan Drew fully under that microscope, it'll, uh, we'll have to see how he performs down the stretch. And if indeed the Montreal Canadiens make some decisions regarding uh, Jonathan Drew and, and his place in the lineup, um, and his so place in the nine, lineup tonight will be again yeah. on the third line um, to the left of Kotkaniemi with Armia on the other wing. Uh, Arturi Lekkonen, uh, a deserved, well-deserved promotion to the second line with Domi and Shaw. Yeah. And I see some people that were questioning whether or not Paul Byron should be on the fourth line. I think that actually suits him a little bit better. I think, I mean, that's where he was playing when you picked him up. That's, I mean, he's, he's seemingly got no problem with that. And obviously he'll get his, uh, if, if you are shorthanded, he will get some chances with uh, the open ice there. So, you know what, I think this actually, I, I agree uh, with, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, I'd like to see that finish line back together, but I don't mind Paul Byron playing on the fourth line. I think that that is the best thing going forward. It's just that that third line I would like to see put back together that worked so much better this earlier this season. So, as you say, he will be uh, Jonathan Drouin alongside Kutkaniemi tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, Carey Price uh, will be honored before the game as well. That's, that's something else that was, uh, was tweeted out a little bit earlier by John Liu. Um, 
so that'll be interesting. That'll be it'll be great to see. Uh, I believe it was it a member of Jacques Plante's family as well as Terry Price and his family. That's correct, and and there is a yeah. connection. Uh, there is a connection as we've we've heard uh, between the Plante and the Price family with uh, Jerry Price. That's Kerry's father, uh, having been drafted by the Philadelphia Flyers uh, and and going to a couple of camps when Jacques Plante was the goalie coach uh, wow. in Philadelphia. Uh, so, yes, uh, there there is a, a, a interesting how hockey, I, I say it all the time, hockey is a small community, and uh, yeah. there is that <laughs> connection uh, with Kerry Price uh, eventually surpassing uh, Jacques Plante. Uh, yeah, that is that's actually a, a really cool uh, link there. And, and, you know, I would, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch tonight, obviously, as he's being honored and, and there'll be members of the, at least a member of the Plon family that is plus, uh, present for that. So I uh, can't wait to see that. That's going to be uh, something to behold tonight. Um, so I guess we'll wrap this thing up because we've talked a lot today about Jonathan Drouin and Carrie Price and Claude Julian. So, I suppose it's about that time that we wrap this thing up. Is there anything you'd like to say before we get there, though? Well, be sure that, uh, you know, let us know what you feel. Uh, will the Canadians make the playoffs? Uh, reach us on social media. Reach us uh, on our text line, 5853-ROCKET. And remember that every single day there's new content at allhabs.net. Allhabs.net, go there, and, and uh, that should be your first stop. Uh, for looking for this podcast, The Canadian's Connection, uh, as well as From the Press Box, uh, Have a Listen, Habs Unfiltered. There's four podcasts to choose from, uh, all under the Rocket Sports Radio umbrella. Yeah, and you can find those on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. As Rick mentioned, you, sure, uh, you search Rocket Sports Radio and hit subscribe, and you get all four. Four for the price of one. Uh, four for one deal right there. So as a, yeah, so tonight they're going to be playing against the Chicago Blackhawks, Montreal Canadians playing the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. So yeah. Anything you'd like to add to that? Should be a great game. And then a a great week uh, up ahead and, and with the Canadians pursuing that final wild card spot. And we'll be back here to let you know all about it next Saturday. Yeah, and we're, we're going to be really excited to get back with you next week at 1 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Newfoundland time to discuss all about the Montreal Canadiens, talk about the Montreal Canadiens' playoff chances, and uh, as we sit here right now at a, at a cool 32%. So we'll see if uh, maybe those increase or they'll probably decrease. We'll have to wait and see. So uh, we'll be right back with you this time next week, 1 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Newfoundland time. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Canadiens Connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.